Welcome to the podcast, Dan Carity, if I'm being honest. I call it that because as an alcoholic in active addiction, I was anything but honest. I was a liar. But now in sobriety and in life, I am sharing my journey, honestly, even when it's ugly. My guests and I will discuss addiction and mental health, relationships, politics, and just life. And we will always give it to you straight. So here we go. All right. What is up, everybody? Today, as I'm recording this, you know, you may be listening to this at a different time. You most likely are. But I am recording this on Friday, May 12th, 2023, which marks two years of sobriety for me. And that is why I chose to do this today. I didn't want to record it yesterday. I don't want to record it tomorrow. I wanted today so I could see how I feel. And I have to admit, going to bed last night, you know, thinking about today and how important today is in my life, I I didn't know how I would feel. But I, I got a little extra pep in my step, a little extra energy. I feel good. I'm happy. And so I'm glad I waited to record this to talk about two years sobriety until the actual, until the actual day. Um, I want to talk about the difference, the difference in, in, in where I was two years ago compared to today. They talk about how your life will change, can completely change in one year. And I can't say I believe that. I, I, when this whole journey started, I thought, really, my whole life is going to change in one year. But man, beyond that, it changed. <laughs> and then they said it would get better every year after that, that things would just keep getting better. And man, how I felt after one year of sobriety was so good that I thought, how could it actually get better? But it has. It's gotten monumentally better. So it just, it, it makes me even more excited to think about, really, it's going to get better than this because things are pretty awesome right now having been two years sober on this day. I think back to before I got sober, I knew, I knew for a while that something had to change, that I needed some help and that I had to quit drinking. I knew that, but I couldn't, do it. I couldn't do it because I mean, I was, I was scared and I didn't know how I was going to live for two reasons. One, alcohol had become my best friend. And that might be difficult for some people to really wrap their head around. 
but it really was my best friend. Alcohol was there for me when I wanted to celebrate. It was there for me when I was upset or disappointed or angry. It was there for me when I was lonely. And I was lonely all the time. I was so disconnected from the world, from the people around me, from my own family. I was so disconnected from everybody and living inside my head all day, every day. I felt so alone that alcohol had become my number one companion. And along with being there with me, and I felt like for me, it obviously allowed me to not think and to not feel, which was huge for me because I didn't want to think. And I certainly did not want to feel. So the thought of getting help, the thought of trying to get sober, the thought of giving up alcohol was like pushing my best friend out of my life. And that was just something I didn't want to do because I didn't know how I was going to live without my best friend by my side. I couldn't imagine getting through every day and getting through the highs and the lows and everything in between. Without it, it had been my trusted partner for so long. And you would think that as my, alcohol, as my alcoholism grew and got uglier over the years, you would think that that would have made me hate it more, but all we did was grow closer and I needed it more and more so pushing it away just didn't feel like an option the second reason I was so apprehensive about going into rehab or getting any kind of help or giving up alcohol was and I've said this a million times going into rehab felt like that was accepting that I was never going to have fun ever again in my life. The fun is over. Now I'm just going to figure out how to survive, I guess. That's how I looked at it. And it's, it's, it's kind of, it's, it's funny now to think that way because I laugh and smile way more now than I ever did when I was drinking. But 
you know, it had been ingrained in me that this is how I have fun. I drink. Drinking makes things fun. That's what I thought. Now, in hindsight, there's nothing fun about waking up in the morning and feeling like shit. There's nothing fun about that. Nothing at all. And there's nothing fun about when you feel like shit and have the shakes or maybe have the sweats <laughs> or the anxiety running through your mind. There's nothing fun about obsessing over when can I have my next drink or my first drink of the day so that I can get past these shakes and this sweating and this anxiety. There's nothing fun about, am I going to make it to lunch? Am I going to make it till five o'clock? There's nothing fun about wondering how many drinks is okay to have. Two drinks, three drinks, a bottle of wine, two bottles of wine. When can I cut this off? Because that's what I thought about all day, every day, was when can the first drink happen? How many can happen? How late can I do this to? How buzz can I get without anyone noticing? How much can I get away with drinking and hopefully not feel this same way tomorrow morning? I mean, that's how my mind worked all day, every day. What is fun about that? But for some reason, I thought giving that up <laughs> was giving up having fun. It's, it's so twisted. But that's where I lived in my head. And I didn't want to give that up. I was terrified to give that up. But that word, fun. My dad, and we, we still joke about this in my family and, and some of the kids that played on, on teams with me that my dad coached. My dad was very funny with how, he, with how he would coach us, even when we were eight years old or something like that. And he would gather everybody around after we were all messing around before practice would start. And he would... Say, I know you all want to mess around. I know you want to push each other and, you know, wrestle with each other and do all this kind of stuff. But you can't do that. We have to be a little more disciplined, a little more serious about this. Because I know you all want to have fun. But you know what's fun, gang? Winning. Winning is fun. <laughs> and we all laughed about that because it's it's funny to say that to you know, eight-year-old kids, what's going to be fun is winning, you know, but there's some truth in that. Winning is fun. I feel like I am winning every day now. When I wake up in the morning and feel fantastic, I feel like I'm winning. When I don't have to worry about what I did the night before, I feel like I'm winning. When I don't have to worry about what the day holds in front of me, I'm actually excited 
for what I get to do each day, I'm winning. When I am connected to the people around me, to my wife, Natasha, to my kids, Quinn and Daniel, to different friends, sober buddies, I am winning. I feel like I am winning every day. And yes, some days are, are certainly better than others. Not every day is perfect, but compared to where I was, that life that I just explained to you, obsessed with alcohol all day, every day, and now, yeah, I'd say now is a little more fun. I genuinely laugh. I genuinely smile. I genuinely look forward to connecting with people every day. That's winning. That's fun. So those things I was so worried about two years ago when it came to this thought of giving up alcohol. You know, I thought alcohol was my best friend. It was my worst enemy. It kept me stuck. Stuck in a horrible place for years. And the thought that I wasn't going to be able to have fun. I hadn't had fun in years. There was no fun. Fun was like this tiny sliver of the day. It was this very short period after struggling all day with either not drinking and going through withdrawal or sneaking a few drinks, having a few drinks to try to get a little better, you know, until the evening came. Then I'd really start drinking. There was like maybe a half hour of time that I actually felt good. Right? It's like maybe two or three drinks in, whatever it was. And then I felt good. And then I don't know if normal is the right word, but whatever that feeling was that I would hit for maybe a half hour. And then the rest of the night after that was spent worrying about how much can I drink? How much will I drink? How much can I get away with? Should I really be pouring? be pouring myself another drink right now, like obsessing, obsessing. That's not fun. The fun was gone. It lasted for 30 minutes and that was it. So maybe 30 minutes of time I actually had fun each day. And the fact that I was worried about giving that up for all day, every day fun, all year fun, two years of fun is what I've been living now I am so connected to the people around me 
I feel connected to you. And I'm so appreciative of the people who listen to this podcast, some friends, some strangers, and the people who reach out to me afterwards and tell me what they thought, what they liked, what they didn't like, whatever it may be. It's all good because I'm connecting with people. After living this lonely existence for so long, I feel so connected. These two years have been so fun. I've learned so much about myself. I have become so grateful for the life I get to live and grateful for the people I am surrounded by every day, starting with my incredible wife, Natasha, who has supported me through this journey in an unimaginable way. And it would, I can't say that I would be in this place. There's, I just feel like there's no way, if not for her. So I am incredibly grateful to her, to my kids who have no idea how much motivation they gave me to get help and to continue doing what I have to do every day on this journey. They may feel what I give them, but they have no idea what I get from them. But grateful for this podcast, for this studio that I'm in, for these people who give me the opportunity to get on here and talk. I'm, I'm grateful for everything. I'm, if I had my choice today, two years sober, I would want to be, celebrating's not the right word, but, but enjoying this day, reflecting on this day, marking this day with my wife and kids. But that wasn't an option today because I am in Amsterdam recording an episode of Holland's Got Talent, which again, I'm incredibly, incredibly grateful for that. But I couldn't think of a better way to mark this day than being able to sit and just share a little bit of how I feel. I woke up feeling like a million bucks as always. And then just saying to myself, man, it's been two years already. That flew by. The guy who was terrified, horrified at the thought of going into rehab and giving up my best friend and giving up my fun. That guy is gone. Thank God. And the guy sitting here now, man, I am a grateful man for everything that sobriety has given me. It has given me a second chance 
at everything. And um, I feel like I am making the most out of that second chance. And it was all about admitting the problem and getting the help that I needed. And I promise you it's worth it. And so I don't know, you know, not everybody needs to be sober. Um, Some people, though, do. But a lot of us have a vice, right? Your vice could be food, could be gambling, it could be scrolling social media on your phone. Your vices can come in all kinds of crazy forms. No, but if you can find a way to step away from those vices, first recognize the vice, admit what it is, and then figure out a plan to curb it, whether it's with help, whether it's with talking to people, whatever it may be. If you use something to escape, to numb out, to avoid, take a look at it. Because that's not serving you. That's not serving you. As I said, I let alcohol become my best friend, but it was my worst enemy. And I wasted years of my life hanging out with that enemy. You know, if you have something like that, your social media, your food, your gambling, your whatever it may be, try to do something about it because it's worth it because what I have now are real friends. What I have now is real fun. What I'm doing now is living. Living a grateful, full life. And they they use all these terms <laughs> in recovery. But I was told that I would live a life beyond my wildest dreams. And you can think that's cliche. You can think it's cheesy. You can think whatever you want. But I promise you, I am living a life right now beyond my wildest dreams. I'm taking it one day at a time because that's what I have to do in order to maintain. But when I tell you one day at a time has flown by, (laughs) these two years have flown by. And I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing, keep doing the work. Because as they told me, it's only going to get better. If that's even remotely possible, I can't imagine what's to come. So thank you for joining me on my two-year anniversary of sobriety May 12th, 2023. It's been an incredible two years. Here's to many more. Thanks.
All right. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed the episode and do not hesitate to check out some of my past guests. If there's something you want to get off your chest or just some comments, suggestions to make, please email me at dkpodcast at dancarity.com. Have a great day.